What You Need to Know is brought to you by Morongo. Play it safe, good times. Laura, what do you got? Oh, I'm sorry, Greg, what do you got? Oh, I can do it. Oh, Laura, you can do it? <laughs> hey, there we go. And we're I back. was like, I can do it. Somebody do it. Go ahead. <laughs> Somebody, so, what do you got? All right, I'm going to do it. So talk about shade, okay? Uh, Pantone 294, which is a known like fan base of the Dodgers, posted this huge billboard that said, Dear Boston, thank you for Mookie Betts. Sincerely, Dodger fans and Pantone 294. I love the shade, especially in sports. You know, because I don't like Boston anyway, so whatever. But a lot of fans aren't happy about this and say that we look petty. I don't know about that, but I would love something like that in Houston. What do you guys think about it? Petty? You got to be kidding me. Petty, this is brilliant. Anytime a fan group can organize enough that they can buy a billboard of this magnitude in a city like Boston... That's awesome. And by the way, you know who doesn't like it? Boston fans. The same people that make you, every time you leave their airport, look at every banner and every championship that ever has been won in that city so that they can remind you on the way out, we're Boston and you're not. I love it. Way to go, Pantone 294. And when I led a group of guys that were flying airplanes over the stadium in Carson um, uh, just to put, to put it to Dean Spanos and the Chargers, I love stuff like this. Yeah, good job, Pantone. I got to say that that argument kind of swayed me. I kind of thought this was low-key Bush, not really, but like the kind of thing that you expect from Pantone 294 because they have more of a sort of soccer club supporters mentality with how they do things. But now I'm actually also looking at the actual sign. It's a great-looking billboard. Okay, let me just describe it to you quickly. It's got a Dodger blue background with an inset sort of like watermark that says 294 as well as their 294 logo in the bottom corner that's like the Dodger circle thing and then this text on top this thing looks cool like there's no else no real other way else for me to say that like this is a good job you're exactly right organizing this kind of effort and you're getting people that hot in the pants good work out of you all right, that's what you need to know. Brought to you by Morongo. Play it safe, good times. Uh, Martin Jarman, the UCLA AD, will join us in a second. But real quick, just got to tell you about our friends at First5California.com. Research shows a baby's brain grows at amazing speed starting from day one. Those earliest years, the first five years, they're the formative years. Most important. And what you learn at First5California.com is that talking to your kids, reading to your kids, singing to your kids each and every day helps those brain waves and helps those kids get a leg up before they get to school. You want to help your kid get a leg up? Go to first5california.com to learn more. That's first, the number five, california.com to learn more. Laura, let me know when Martin is there. Uh, obviously, UCLA um, is, uh, is, is advancing to the Sweet 16. And it Unreal. just, look, this, Seriously. <laughs> this shouldn't feel weird because they're a blue blood, but because of the circumstances around them, Greg, are you even a little surprised as the UCLA fan here? That they made it this far? No, I'm not surprised. Oh yeah, because you picked them to win the whole thing. We know. No, 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 no. They lost all their great players. No, 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 no. Yeah, they lost a lot of their good players, but they have been in every single game all the way to the end for the most part. They can beat any team in the country, and they can lose to any team in the country, but it will always be close at the end. They it all comes down to the last couple possessions game in and game out they are going to they're still a good team they did the same thing against ohio state they had a good game against san diego state that they ended up losing late they lost to usc who's playing amazingly just a couple weeks ago and there was another on the last second three-point shot where the guy was standing out of bounds for 15 seconds before throwing it in kip dynamite leading the glory
right, Love let's it. talk to the AD himself, Martin Jarman, our friend, UCLA AD, fresh off of victory. Sweet 16, how sweet it is, Martin. How sweet it is, fellas. How sweet it is. How you doing? Congrats. Good, good, man. You must be better, though. What's up? Oh, man, my, my voice, you can tell I'm a little hoarse because I've been screaming three three games in five days. And uh, I'm just so proud of these guys and Mick and the staff, man. Unbelievable. Yeah, it really has been an unbelievable run. And I think, uh, Martin, you know, people may not have known because they weren't as tuned in to UCLA basketball this year or college basketball is, and you could talk about this for us, all these kids, it seems, all these impact players are all from the L.A. and surrounding areas. So, I mean, that really speaks, in my opinion, to recruiting and keeping kids home. What do you say? Yeah, absolutely. And if you look at the last few games, I mean, we've played probably eight, nine guys and gotten different contributions uh, from a lot of guys that are California kids. You know, um, obviously, Johnny Juzang is having an unbelievable scoring run right now. Um, even Jalen Clark coming in off the bench as a freshman given minutes. Uh, Jake, I mean, just, you know, Jaime, I mean, there's everybody, it seems, is, is contributing. And uh, all those guys are just named the California kids, so it's pretty cool to see. Can you tell me a little bit about what Mick Cronin means to this program? We've seen his family at the games. He's one of these guys that's really become quite the face of, you know, just what UCLA could be. Tell me a little bit about what he's like and what this has been like at this point for him. Yeah, you know, we're, we're blessed to have Mick as our head coach at UCLA. I mean, you know, the, the, the beauty, and I texted with him, I think it was last night or night before about this, but what I love seeing these last two, three games, really the, the second half uh, overtime with Michigan State and then the whole BYU game and this game is we're guarding, we're finally playing defense the way that a Mick Cronin team plays defense. You know, BYU only had maybe 27 in the first half. Tonight, Avalon Christian had 21 at half. Um, yeah, and so it's been cool to see his identity, what he really, you know, what he really believes in. He's a defensive-oriented coach, and, and now the, the guys are really buying in and showing that grit and that determination defensively. So um, it's been cool to see that piece and, and his imprint and impression on the guys and how we're playing has been great to see. But Mick is, Mick is great. I'm happy for him, and uh, he's Sweet 16 bound. How about the Pac-12 in general? It feels look we we've talked about this with you, right? You you've come from the East Coast. Yes. You see you see it very quickly. These you know the the bias, right? Like it, it, now you're living it, right? What what do you think of it now? Well, you know I was watching the game. I don't know if you saw. I put a tweet out. I was watching Oregon um, and against Iowa, and I'm just like Pac-12 is pretty good, right? Like like we're we're nine and zero right now. Has a, have a chance to go 10-0, and 0, and we know what everybody else should know, and this Pac-12 is, is stacked. I mean, it's really tough. You know, you talk about all the five teams were undefeated, uh, but, yeah, I, I don't know if we play our games too late and everybody sleep on the East Coast. I was probably asleep back when I was in Boston, but yes, um, you know what? Nobody's sleeping right now. No, but, um, you know, your point is is made. I mean, look, even during the football season, right? I mean, when there were 9 a.m. kickoffs because you're trying to appeal to the East Coast, that's, you know, unfortunately the situation that the conference finds themselves in. But with this kind of a run, Martin, um, this, this will make a lot of people wake up, especially as the SEC, the ACC, the Big 12, Big 10 have all been, you know, really, really upset. So I would ask you this, because the tournament is so different this year, what's the game plan from, from here on out? What do you guys do? 
Yeah, so the guys are staying here. You know, uh, any team that's winning, they stay here, and you keep practicing and going through the protocols every day. Uh, so it's it's a little bit of a of a um, you know after after a couple of days you might get tired of the food a little bit the monotony of it but I think the excitement of keeping uh, advancing and going on that's what the guys at least shared with me earlier today that that keeps them going but but yeah it's the same routine but they stay here so you don't go home yet and you want to stay here in India as long as you can so hopefully we can find some places to wash some clothes and get these guys some, some fresh gear. Martin Jordan, Martin Jorman, UCLA AD, joining us here on ESPN LA. I want to dig a little deeper into that, though. Like, how do you feel about sort of the effort a lot of these student athletes have made, not just in basketball, but in this semester, to keep it together? You know, to keep their mental energy up. Yeah. Never mind, stay healthy. Can you talk to me a little bit about what that process has been like to keep these kids, these young men and women, focused on what their goals and what their tasks at hand are? Never mind, have some fun on top of that. Absolutely. No one will ever understand or fully appreciate the sacrifices and what these young people are giving up, have given up all season to be able to be on a stage like this and compete. You know, when you think about doing something every day, when you think about the decisions that go into, should I go here? Should I stay in? And, you know, think about it. When we were 18, 19, 20 years old, you know, we were having fun. We were going out, we were going to parties, we were doing things. Um, these young men and young women are giving all that up and sacrificing that during prime time of their, of their life these years uh, for something that's greater to them, and, that, and that's pursuing the passion for their sport. So people won't understand, and that's all of our student-athletes. That's not just basketball, but, um, you know, you talk about what you have to give up to be able to do something special. Our men's water polo team yesterday won a national championship, beat – I don't know. Some people might not like this. We beat that other team downtown uh, and won a national championship. But think about everything that they had to do to to sacrifice to be able to give themselves a chance to win a national championship. And that's people will never understand. I'm I'm just in awe of how much our student athletes go through to do what they love. Martin Jarman, the AD at UCLA. They are headed to the Sweet 16, joining us here on 710 ESPN. Also, the women in play tonight, right, at 7 o'clock, just in yes. a short amount of time. They'll be taking on Wyoming. What do you say about the ladies, a three-seed? And and I am so excited to see them. They're going to play Wyoming tonight, uh, 7 o'clock. You know, they've been to four straight Sweet 16. You know, this team has, has played with uh, only seven or eight scholarships, student-athletes the whole year had injuries, and they've just battled through everything uh, and, and were a top-10 team all year, pretty much. So I'm really excited about their draw and what they're going to do, and, and it starts tonight, you know. So Corey's going to have them ready, and, um, you know, we'll be watching here from a hotel here in uh, Indianapolis. You know, I'm just watching Maryland and Alabama right now, and so the winner of this game will be UCLA's next opponent. Uh, with 8.51 to go, Martin, Alabama's got a 27-22 lead over Maryland. Now, come on, Maryland. I mean, Maryland's the, two, the 10 seed. Alabama's the 2 seed. And, uh, you know, this could be really interesting should you wind up getting the lower seed in the upset. It just makes things, you know, I don't want to say easier, hardly, but just a clearer path to the Final Four, quite frankly. Because even up above, you're looking at who's, who's still alive. This, is, this becomes very interesting all of a sudden. Well, once you get to the Sweet 16, you guys know this, you know, everybody's going to be good. You know, you just talked about Maryland, Alabama. I mean, both of those, you know, I think Alabama won the SEC 
Uh, I know, I know Maryland. I know they beat some big teams in the Big Ten. So you're gonna you're gonna play somebody that's really good anyhow. Everybody wants it at this stage, you know. So it's it's exciting. When I I saw someone tweet out, uh, "We want Bama," and I didn't really understand that. I'm like, that's the thing that I hear in football. But now that makes sense that we're gonna play the winner of Alabama and Maryland. But I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. One of the things that you guys have done recently is you scheduled a couple HBCUs on your schedule in football, you know. So I, I would love to hear not just on that, but in general, you're coming up in a little bit on a year total here. You know what? Tell me a little bit about the football scheduling situation in general, just what you've learned in this new position being out here in L.A. Yeah, uh, you know, it's been I think nine months will be next month, nine months. And uh, it's been a whirlwind, but I'm, I'm really excited about the football scheduling you know, uh, we had that opportunity in our schedule because of a, a home-and-home series that was uh, canceled from Michigan. So we had a hole, and, you know, usually in football scheduling, you have to, you have to schedule out years in advance. Um, but I just thought it was a special opportunity to really um, give our fans and our student-athletes a different experience. Both of them are bringing their bands also. Mm. Uh, so I'm excited about those games, one for our students, and, and not just our student-athletes. I mean, I had so many of our band members um, that, that reached out to me and said, I'm so excited that the band is coming. We get to learn. We get to see them. And, and so, um, and so I'm, I'm really excited about that. But also, too, you know, my plan is to really engage a, a part of our communities, uh, underrepresented communities, to be able to come out to the game and do some things around it. You know, and so it's an opportunity also to engage maybe some people that haven't really come to the Rose Bowl or not our normal season ticket holders. So it's a win-win on, on many levels, and it's a positive. So uh, I'm excited about that. Love it. Martin Jarman with us here, the athletic director of UCLA. Listen, man, you got to keep this going because we're just going to keep bringing you back, okay? <laughs> Absolutely, man. Absolutely. On to the Sweet 16, man. Survive in advance, baby. No doubt. No doubt. Absolutely. No doubt. Thank, thank you so much for hanging out with us. Stay safe out there. We'll talk to you soon. Be good. All right, fellas. We'll see you. We'll do it soon. All right, All right take congrats. care. There he is, Martin Jarman, UCLA AD. I'm excited for them. It's nice. Look, when, when the teams here are relevant and the Pac-12 oh. is relevant right now, I think it's great for everyone. You know, Big so. deal. Like, yeah, if you don't got anybody you're otherwise rooting for, the guys in town are getting it done. Absolutely. And that way Greg stays off our back, too. Two Tell weeks me. ago, two weeks oh. ago, it was a Saturday afternoon game, USC-UCLA. We were all like, yeah, you know what? We haven't been that into college hoops. Then all of a sudden, a weekend like this happens where your local teams are successful. There are huge upsets everywhere. And this is a year where it's a totally different tournament where in the middle of the day right now, thank goodness we've got all this great sunshine later in the day, we're watching games on a Monday. This isn't Championship Monday. This is now just headed towards the Sweet 16 kind of Monday. This is, this is a totally different kind of NCAA tournament than we've ever seen before. Scoop, right. there it is, just came on. I have to talk about it. It's a great commercial. I wrote Such a whole a story commercial. about it. We literally have to talk about it because I, I got the inside oh, details. Okay, let, let's do that. We'll do that on the other side. Plus, uh, Jared Goff is talking some stuff already in Detroit about the Rams. We'll have that. And, of course, we'll continue to take your thoughts on the Lakers. What is the biggest issue for the Lakers right now? Uh, are you worried about the standings and what this team could look like while LeBron and AD are out? 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. By the way, the coverage on ESPN LA is brought to you by Santa Monica Lincoln, your Los Angeles Lincoln dealership for sales and service. We're back in three minutes, but first, Kiki with traffic. What's up, Kiki? Oh, it's busy, George. I'm going to go on out to uh, Montclair, the 10 westbound right after Central Avenue. We've got an overturned trailer issued the singular right away because 
it's got the two right lanes are blocked traffic. It is backed up from a fourth street. So if you're near there, just don't go through there. Try to get off any of the side streets because they are not moving from this uh, overturned trailer. This report sponsored by injury attorney, superwoman, superlawyer.com. The priority of big insurance is to make money, not to pay your claim. Injury attorney, Marion Parman, her number one priority is to fight for you. Call her 800-800-6916. That's 800-800-6916. Or visit Superwoman superlawyer.com. I'm Kiki with your traffic 710 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Song of the year, baby. There it is. The hell with the Grammys. Forget them, okay? Who needs Abel's the Grammys? Done. 10 year anniversary of House of Balloons. That guy was doing shows in the back of comedy clubs 10 years ago. Now he's got billboards in Times Square. Respect game. Yeah, exactly. And he got to do the Super Bowl. Right. Nailed it, too. Yeah. Uh, no, I don't think he nailed it. But nonetheless, yeah, I still discussion. respect him. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, nonetheless, I still respect him. Um, now, Clinton, speaking of musical acts, th- I think the coolest commercial going on right now, it's either this one or the, it's either the tag team Geico commercial, okay? It's either Dame Hulu. Uh, which I love. I mean, it's it's incredible. And I also think the Chris Paul State Farm commercials are fantastic, too. But you got a chance to talk to Tag Team, right? For this yes. Geico commercial? Scoop, there it is. Scoop, there it is. First of all, Hulu never does a lot of sports. That's a great commercial. I love it. It is commercial. a great commercial. <laughs> that's, a, yes. that's a really good one. Because Dame can really actually rap. If, yes. For those of you who don't know that, you can go download his mixtapes. They're worth the time. So here's what happened. I got an email, today's Monday, about a week ago. And it said, for those of you who are not in the journalism business, who are listening to this show, every once in a while you get, you know, like an email from a marketing agency or a company that says, hey, you know, you're one of our friends. We'd like to extend a gift to you, whatever. And I'm not talking about crazy. I was on Marty McGee talking about this on the weekend. I'm not talking about bag men. This is not, you know, people getting paid off. It's just, you know, sometimes you get gifts from people. And this particular email came from the company that did the ad. And it said, We'd like to extend something to you because tag team and this, that, and a third. I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. Forget the gift. Give me tag team and bring me every single person in this ad because this thing lives rent-free in my head and has since the Super Bowl. And again, the reason why I say this from a journalistic standpoint, young journos, is because sometimes if you ask, you just might get it. And they were like, are you serious? You want to actually talk to them? I'm like, yes. What country have you been living in? This is the most popular commercial in my entire world. No questions asked. I got multiple people who tell me multiple times today, it's the best commercial ever made. So I'm like, yes, I want to talk to the actors because very simply, the dad dude, oh when he God. walks in oh, and he looks at the kitchen, like he peeps what's here? happening on the island, yeah. turns back, and then hits that perfectly timed yes. scoop move. Mm-hmm. Like, yo, yeah. I'm sorry. That was one of the 
best things I've ever seen in a commercial. It was completely understandable, and it was ad-libbed, just like the kid and play dance were, and just like everything else was. So, yes, I wrote a story for The Undefeated about it, and it basically just broke down how <laughs> no matter what you think about whoop, there it is, whoop, there it is, like the fact that they've hung around this long and are still kind of able to monetize it, and it's still fun, is amazing. And the best part about the whole thing is that it was supposed to initially be about soup, oh not my God. ice cream. That's what? Oh my I know. It's crazy. Right? Yeah. Dude, I exactly. love this commercial. I could watch this commercial on a loop for like two hours. It's great. When, when, when she starts getting into it and she's moving her like elbow, you know, like she's Pop got locking. this great. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then the dad walks in and he's got like the total dad gear. First of all, time out. I love how you had to explain pop locking. I mean, sorry. I'm just saying, for those of you who don't know what moving your elbows is, yeah, what is it called? That. What's the name of the move? Pop locking. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a genre of dance. Yeah. When mom is pop locking, which by the way, I have now mastered the pop lock just to add to my repertoire. But yeah, okay, we'll we'll see about that. Yeah. Then then when the dad who's got on like that the most perfect dad jacket, you know, this like bluishy sort of like puffy jacket that's unzipped and he's looking over at the daughter like what the hell is going on in our kitchen but then scoop day it is scoop day it is and then he's like uh-huh yeah 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 now i'm feeling it boom dance move and then before you know what it is the kid play dance that is the best commercial on television I got to read your article, dude, or your column. Thank I you. Read so here's piece. another quick detail, George. The company that did that, you know, Geico, Geico, and the uh, the agency, the Martin agency, they 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 do nostalgia well. The Dikembe commercial, that was them. The Icky Woods commercial, that was them. The guy who is the COO or the creative operator of that company, well, he's the guy that's responsible for the fantastic remote the ad that you might remember, Oprah's. You get a car, and you get a car, and you get a car. So there were some heavy hitters involved here. This was going to be a big deal, and they nailed it. I love it for those guys, man. I talked to them, and they're just pumped that they can still be around. You know, it's it was it's a cool moment if you're like me. That song was I was 12 when that song came out. You know, I know every single yeah. word of "Whoop There It Is" because I have to. You know what I'm saying? I've just heard it that many times. It's as simple as that. So for me, it was a fun little nostalgia moment that doesn't, you know, I'm not worried about what I thought about that song in 1993. In 2021, that commercial rocks for sure. It's bomb. Bomb commercial. Amazing piece of creative. You did it. Yeah. It's a fantastic job uh, in general. I love that they're back. I do. By the way, you like how mom gets down. I like the end where the, I guess the son maybe gets down and his wife is kind of looking at him like, what are you doing? Like that to me is the, is the funniest part. (laughs) Sprinkles. Sprinkles. Which is an ode to LeBron James by the box. Yes. Know that. Yeah. There you go. So check out Clinton's work at the undefeated.com. Obviously a really fun article. There, not so fun. Although I guess it depends on the way you look at it, right? From a talk show perspective, this is fun. Uh, Jared Goff, mouthing off in Detroit. I love it. <laughs> I I like when guys have a little bit of an attitude. Jared Goff saying basically that he's got a little extra motivation now that the Rams uh, have basically uh, you know sent him off, cast him away to Detroit for Matthew Stafford. I'll say this though, I hope he's extra motivated because that team around him is not very good. Yeah, listen, I'm the one guy who is not ready to give up on Jared Goff. And this past year in particular, I wasn't ready to put all the blame on Jared Goff. And so, look, Matthew Stafford is a better statistical quarterback. The question will be, can he walk into a locker room and be a leader? Clinton, we had on Stafford last week, right? Yeah. And look, when you're Tom Brady and you walk into the Buccaneers locker room, you know what happens? Everybody in that locker room goes, oh, my God. 
Tom Brady just showed up. Do what he says. Okay, if Aaron Rodgers showed up in somebody's locker room or Drew Brees, everybody would have that same reaction like, do what he says, okay? When Matthew Stafford shows up, he's got to win everybody over. Statistics are fine, but the wins are not yet there. So for me, Jared Goff, I like that he goes to Detroit and says, hey, I'm going to be able to be a different player, a freer player. I'm going to be able to talk and be heard um, rather than being that little kid that they drafted that they they kind of programmed like a robot. So I'm excited for Jared Goff. I don't think they'll be good because they're the Detroit Lions. They're always terrible. But I'm I'm hopeful for his own sake that uh, that he's able to do well. I'm going to quote the Stephen A. meme. That's a clip from him in first take where he says, I'm here to tell you right now, we don't care. I ain't worried about what Jared Goff has to say in Detroit about his chances out there. You could go run around the NFC North every single Sunday and on Thanksgiving, and it ain't going to matter. I tend to disagree with you about Stafford. I think he brings a lot more gravitas to the position room and to, in general, the team because of who he is. Like A lot of people have looked at him as the dude that was on an island in Detroit, but was really actually better. And so now that he's here in a sort of real market with a real football team, I think there's a lot of respect that he's already getting just walking into the building. So for me, this is a great thing. I don't need to hear this from Goff, though. I mean, what are you doing? You're in Detroit. But let me tell you this. But I think you're right that that when he walks in the building, people will say, okay, Matthew Stafford, we know what he's all about. And I compare him to Phillip Rivers. Exact same Hmm. way Phillip Rivers walks into Indianapolis last year and everybody goes, you know, this guy's had an amazing career. We need to follow this guy's lead. He led them to the playoffs. Same thing happens here. This guy's had a phenomenal career, just hasn't had the win. So now let's, let's follow our quarterback. That's our leader. But he, in my opinion, unlike a Breeze, unlike a Rodgers, unlike a Russell Wilson, certainly unlike a Brady, he doesn't walk in where everybody goes, that's the guy. We do what he says. Yeah. I don't see it that way. Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, he doesn't have that. But I I mean, I just I just think that considering where they were coming from, the upgrade in person alone, as far as the quarterback position is concerned, is a bigger deal than how he might compare to somebody else who's not there. That's where I am. I'm like, if you're the Rams, you're like, oh, breath of fresh air, sight for sore eyes kind of situation. It's not a knock on golf. It's just think about all of the questions we had constantly with golf. It's a one less thing to, to quote Forrest Gump to worry about situation, you know, and I think there's a big amount of value in that that it's going to allow a lot of people to be like yes we are going to do what Matt Stafford says he's Matt Stafford better well, option than Jared Goff and, and even if you talk to the people that that do the metrics on this stuff like we had Kevin Cole on from Pro, Pro Football Focus on mm-hmm. the other day and you know he talked about where Matt Stafford is you know historically has been as high as like you know a top five quarterback for them and you know as low as like you know like a top 12 quarterback whereas Jared Goff has consistently at best been in the middle and probably towards like kind of that lower third even uh so it is a clear upgrade in my opinion now look could Matt Stafford's injury history come back to bite you or something mm, like that? Yeah. I mean, perhaps it's football, right? Like, uh, you know, I don't think there's any question about that. But I, I don't think there's any question as far as skill level, Kaplan. Like, you think there there's not much of a distinction between skill level? No, it's not that. I mean, listen, Stafford can do more. He's more mobile, first of all. But what, what Sean McVay is going to have to do with, with Stafford is he's going to have to just trust him. He's going to have to yeah. say, look – He's a veteran player who's been around the league for 12 years. He's passed for this number of yards, so he's seen it all and done it all. 
I got to have faith and trust in this guy to go out and do his thing because he adds more dimensions to the position, whereas I always felt like Goff was always treated like a robot, like like do what we say. And it's there was never a chance for him to grow, to say, I need to become the leader of this team, and I need to become the voice and the personality of this team. And by the way, he may not have the voice or the personality. We've talked about Kawhi Leonard, who doesn't have the voice, the personality. So Goff never blossomed into that. They've got to allow Stafford to do that. I see that point. I think you're right exactly. But I think that the differentiation I'm making is I think Stafford has the locker room. Whether or not he has the coach, that's what we're going to determine. And I think you're right on that. You know, you go back and look at his whole career, though, by the way. I don't know if you guys watched. He, he did a nine-minute video when he was leaving Detroit. He talked about it last week, Clinton, where he said, mm-hmm. you know, that the Detroit Lions uh, you know, staff helped him make this. You go back and you watch Matthew Stafford. You can YouTube this stuff. Watch him in high school. I mean, this is the, he's a Brett Favre-esque gunslinger. Just yeah. doesn't have the wins to show for it. That's true. Yeah. You know, the other I, thing I like about him is, too, baseball player. Uh, that's true. <laughs> that's it. true. He did tell a great story about uh, about Kersh- <laughs> Kershaw getting uh, quitting football um, because he was he got into a fight for him basically like that was it but then he called it a day basically after that so That's uh, I thought that was pretty funny he was great and by the way if you missed him on with us uh, he was on with us on Friday in the uh, top of the second hour so if you go to the Sedano LZ and Cap uh, podcast you can find it there subscribe. Rate and review wherever you find your podcasts. All right, coming up next, we got our game. It is time for Big Deal or No Deal. Clint Yates, are you ready for Big Deal or No Deal? I stay ready. That's why I don't have to get ready. There we go. Coming up in two minutes. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Getting a little wild in the breaks right now. (laughs) Yeah, it is. It's getting wild. You know why it's getting wild? You know why it's getting wild? No, 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 Relax, relax, relax. It's getting wild because they're just people that take themselves a little too serious. In L.A.? No way. You're crazy. That's it. Go ahead. That would never happen. So is this a big deal? I'm just kidding. All right, Clint, since it's your birthday, Clint, and like I said, you go first. So we're going to start here. Steve Kerr said today that he enjoyed last year's 15-50 and season more than the champion season with Durant. KD then responded to a tweet about this quote saying, this is hilarious. Clinton, is this a big deal or no deal? This is a deal. Let me tell you something. In the world of passive-aggressive humans that are on the internet too much, this is hilarious means (laughs) I'm laughing with my friends about how whack this is and I'm not going to diss you in public because I don't need that kind of smoke because I'm above this. That being said, I understand why Kurt is saying this. They didn't have any expectations. They were doing nothing. Mm -hmm. Kerr literally said, I wish I could take a season off after the previous three seasons of them constantly being on the grind. So, of course, he liked it more. There was less to do, and he could recharge. I totally understand that. But, yes, KD, listen, KD is going to be this guy for the rest of his life. He's on the bird talking trash. Just deal with it. It's who he is. It's okay. Yeah, I'm going no deal here. I mean, listen, I could imagine a world where Steve Kerr's like, yeah, 
the the year we were winning the championships, every game was high intensity vibration. And guess what? The year that we sucked, it was actually kind of fun because nobody really cared because everybody understood why we sucked because everybody was hurt. And just like what the Lakers are about to go through, they didn't have their two superstars. And so, listen, on the other hand, we all know KD is extremely thin-skinned. So, for me, no deal, but like to watch a little Twitter beef. No, no. Big deal. Big deal because big of deal. what you just alluded to at the end. And by the way, because Steve is being honest, okay? And people don't like it when people are being honest, okay? Yeah, KD, you made that thing a bit of a circus at the end of last season. Or their last season there, oh, so right? You think like, there's some extension to the to the, to the the point he's making. He's not just saying, like, oh, it's me. He's saying, like, KD was part of this problem? Yeah, man. The whole okay. season was KD, and they all knew he was leaving, but he just wouldn't come out and say it. And they uh, that's why him and Draymond got into the fight. That's true. Remember? He yeah, literally said, we that. won without you. We can do this without you. And they got into that screaming match. Reminder, he said, he they only said, won we can one do it without, without you him. if we're healthy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. They only won one without him. They won two with him. I just, of just course. Remind people of that. The person they, who has those Russell, I mean, those, those uh, trophies, the um, MVP finals trophies, is KD. Just, just remind me. Just say. Okay, I mean, I guess, but I mean. I, I, am I wrong? <laughs> I, he no, but I, both I, I'm just MVP saying. MVP finals, finals MVP trophies from when they won their last two rings. Does he not? Sure, but what I they, look, they would have won without him if Clay doesn't get uh, hurt. I think. Okay. If okay. Clay doesn't get hurt, I think they beat Toronto. Okay. I mean, but whatever. We'll never know. But my point is this. Yes, KD is the second best player in the world when he's healthy. No one's denying that. It doesn't mean that that season wasn't challenging for them. I'll tell you this. I covered the, you know, the, the four years LeBron was in Miami. That last year wasn't fun to cover. Those guys kind of had been were over each other a little bit. And that's what happens in this sport, you know, in a lot of ways. Guys just get tired. The jokes don't hit the same anymore. And, and then, God forbid, you know, at least with LeBron, that was a surprise when he left, okay? With KD, we knew the whole season he was probably leaving. Getting hot in the brakes here, Greg. Let's go. <laughs> What's next, Greg? He's ready to go. He's fired <laughs> up, dude. I love it. I love it. All right, Clinton. Uh, Blake Griffin played in his first game with the Nets yesterday. He went one for two, but his one made shot was a dunk. It was his first dunk since 2019. Is this a big deal or no deal? Huge deal for multiple reasons. Number one, it wasn't just his one shot. It was the first time he touched the ball and the first time he took a shot for the Nets. And we hadn't seen him dunk in forever, leading me to believe this was all a great long con. That he was just like, nah, you know what? I'm going to let everybody think I'm washed. This is in the world of the James Harden fat suit territory where you throw somebody off and then you end up in a good place. And oh, guess what? I can dunk again. And, of course, the one detail that I have to point out, of course it happened against the dag-on Washington basketball team from my hometown. They get banged on more than any other team in the league. So, yes, that is a perfect time to remind everybody, Kaiser Soze style, that you can still definitely walk and definitely dunk. Big fan of this. Dude, um, did you call them the Washington basketball team? Yes, they are not worthy of calling them by their by their actual name. You used so, to call them the Zards back I know, the but they're, so, no, they've upset me. It's, it's, it's a whole discussion. I want to get into Theodore and how mad I am at him. They are so the Washington basketball team right we now. We should abbreviate that WBT, WBT. like WFT. That's fine right? by me, yes. Yeah, just wanted to make That's sure I was clear me. on that. <laughs> I'm going no deal on this. Like, it's no surprise 
that Blake wanted out of Detroit, and then you show up and you're on a what you call a, a contender, and all of a sudden the spring comes back to your legs. Remember when Randy Moss was a malcontent with the Raiders and then showed up with New England and was like, hey, I can just fly by people all the time. So, listen, guys find a change of scenery and a better, and a, a better situation, all of a sudden they got game again. Agreed. Yeah, look – I, I felt th- this isn't new because I said it at the time. I felt like, to your point, Clinton, that this he had dunks his 2019 stuff was silly. Um, he he st- I saw him play in a playoff series on a busted leg, okay, a couple years ago. I did some of those games. And he's still a functional NBA player. Is he the Blake Griffin jumping over the Kia? No. Okay, he's not that anymore, but he's still a smart player. He still knows how to move the ball really well. He can still handle the rock for a big man, and he can do things even defensively because um, he knows how to play the team game, right? I I think that he can still defend, even though he's not a great individual defender. I I thought that it was an underrated signing at the time, so I'm going to say big deal because I think that role players in, in, in the playoffs generally will win you a game or two throughout the longevity of a postseason. So I think Blake is capable of that, hitting a big shot or making a big play to help them win a game in a playoff series. Do you think he'll ever score 30 points in a game ever again? No, not on this team. Okay. Okay. I don't either. I think you're right. I think he, like, if Blake Griffin gets to double digits in a game, he's had a monster game for that team, for sure. Um, What's next, Greg? Still the exasperation. I could hear the exasperation. You know, isn't it like, great? So, I mean, it's pretty, so it's pretty If people knew why I was fired up, they <laughs> would laugh. Even, Let me tell you. Walk him, do not walk him to the ledge. No, you know, I, wish, I wish you could know why I'm so heated right now. But go ahead, Greg. <laughs> Let's just wait till if we get the If you know me personally, first. I will not tell you either, just for the record. <laughs> All my friends out there listening <laughs> who love hitting anybody. me up about this kind of stuff, yeah. I'm not going to tell you, okay? Yeah. Get to hey, me I heard you on the radio. Can you tell me what this is all about? No, 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 no. You're not talking to nobody either, Cap. Absolutely not. Tell you what, man, if this were just a few years ago, this would have taken over the entire show. Oh, my God. And there would be a full-blown nuclear war. (laughs) Yes, 100%. All right. All right. (laughs) Greg's lost it. The show is done. No, no, no. Come on. Yeah, it's fine. All right. Let's go, Greg. While while appearing on a podcast, Daryl Morey said that he thinks that three-pointers should be worth two and a half points. Oh, is this a big deal? Or I have deal? so much be- to say about this. This is a big deal. I have a lot of thoughts on this. Let me tell go, you something. Go. When I played high school basketball, we played all ones on our court, no matter if you were behind the three-point line or not. So for all you people out there who play ones and twos when you play pickup, that's the wrong math because three points is not twice two. So there's that point. So I'm in the business of thinking about these calculations. That being said, Moore is a complete idiot. The better thing that needs to happen is every shot half past half court needs to be worth four points. That's what needs to happen to change the game in terms of what is going on with the scoring. That's what I think. All ones is the way to play pickup, not twos and ones. Get it together. <laughs> so, did you get all that? Because because next time Kyle Kuzma comes on, you say all that, you know he'll he'll respect you, man. That's fine. Yeah, all Kyle ones is how you play. Yeah. You know what happened? Um, there? So uh, we got into it over. I'm something just silly. busting his balls. Yeah. Okay. Good. All right. uh, basically, more, I'll tell you the story. Things. It's already you know we've talked about it a million times. He has a commercial. Um, and in the commercial, he's in the gym by himself. He says, and one. And I asked oh. him, I said, <laughs> what was that about? You know, like, where is this going? And, and he got like a little testy. He gave me the, well, if you play the game. And I was like, really, bro? Oh, okay. 
that stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on. George I, and then I asked a bunch of people. <laughs> it's going to be a big game. chest section in the workout tonight for George. You know what I'm saying? Got to work off a lot. <laughs> no, but, but, but listen, I, I just said to him, look, I didn't mean it disrespectfully. Like, we were cool during the, the segment, but right. he did get a little testy with me. Um, but anyway, um, I think that's good radio, personally. Just like me too. Stafford, I thought George was going to dunk on a fool. Stafford got, Stafford got uh, snarky with Kaplan, uh, too. Which know, I also served. loved. Yeah. Um, so anyway. I don't even remember what the hell the question was. Go ahead, Greg. What was it? <laughs> what was it was about two and a, it was worth three. Oh, Daryl Morey. Man, yeah, yeah, listen, like, I got to do math now. Like, come on, man. I don't know. Like, it's too much, man. Like, it, no deal is what I'm going to say. Like, Daryl, <laughs> I love you, but like, we need to come up with a better solution. I'm with you, Clint, on fours. Michael Thompson is in on fours too. Like, spots on the floor, kind of like they do in the three-point competition, where they're from four uh, or four four points. So I, I, I'd much rather see that than do half points. That seems crazy to me. That's weird, yeah. I'm at leave it as it is. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Like uh, are we done here? All right, we're done here. Big deal or no deal <laughs> is over. <laughs> uh, we've got Coming up next, we've got an Oscar Award winner going to play a sports personality in a huge movie that's being produced by Martin Scorsese. We'll tell you who that is in two and a half minutes. But first, one last look at traffic with our girl, Kiki. What's up, Kiki? Hey, George. Yeah, let's do this one more time for a real busy Monday afternoon, Monday night. We're going to go to Diamond Bar for this uh, final report. 60 eastbound at Grand Avenue crash. Two right lanes block traffic is stopped from Lemon Avenue and Brea Canyon Road. This report sponsored by the California Labor and Workforce Development Agency. If you get COVID-19 at work, you have the right to take paid sick leave. If you're sick, stay home and take care of your health and the health of others around you. To learn more about your workplace rights, visit dir.ca.gov forward slash COVID. You guys have a great night. I'm Kiki with your traffic 710 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Deep breath, so we have everybody. our uh, news and sports bracket out there. Uh, if you want to vote for it, go to ESPN Los Angeles' Twitter account. Uh, Philip Palmer of ABC7 just tweeted. Well, uh, is Phil. it ro- Is it wrong to want to advance? Is it beneath me to ask for your vote? Well, I'm asking. I want to survive in advance, and I'm not ashamed. Uh, I responded to to Philip and said, we do our best, as we mentioned in creating this bracket, we wanted to do our best to highlight the great people in local news and sports. I felt, we all felt here, was important, especially during this time uh, when uh, they're so essential for the entire community during the times that we're in. Uh, We appreciate all of them, uh, and thank you, all of you, in news uh, particularly, uh, for all that you do. Um, all right, so let's move on. Jamie Foxx as Mike Tyson, Martin Scorsese producing, Clint Yates, go. I'm out. I'm what? out because this is, listen, listen, this is a situation where, <laughs> let me, okay, let me try to break this thing down to you from a fundamental standpoint. You know how sometimes you go to a restaurant and you see an item that you know the name of the item. You're like, oh, that's, you know, whatever. That's a nice, I, I don't even know. Let's just say, um, fruity di mare. You know what I'm saying? Like seafood, pasta, you know? 
But then you read the ingredients and you're like, hold on. This take on this is not really necessarily the way that I would have it. And I'm not going to like get crazy about it. I'm just not going to order it. Scorsese, Fox, together. This just does not seem like the kind of movie that is going to turn about Tyson. I, I don't know. I mean, like, listen, Jamie Foxx is a great actor. Obviously, we've seen him do so many different roles. I'm not saying it's going to be bad. I just think that this is this is not for me on the going to a theater or seeing it on an open, opening run situation. This is a plain movie for me. Oh, for man. Sure. See, now I'm all in on something like this because I'm all in on Tyson. I've gone and seen Mike's one-man Broadway show because I'm like, I got to see this for myself. you know. And I'm hoping because Jamie Foxx is not only such a great actor, but he can find ways to impersonate people. You know, and and I'm just hoping that they start the scene. You know, the, the, the movie opens, right? And there's Jim Gray, and there's Mike Tyson. And Tyson is going, look at me, man. Look at my eye. Look at me, man. I want to fight. He don't want to fight, man. Look at me. And and the, is that, that's mine, by the way, big, Martin. Big if anybody big needs a, anybody, <laughs> anybody needs like a fill-in, I'm, I'm there. But I'm, I'm all in on Tyson. I love the character that he was. I used to get like freaked out like, oh my God, look what he, I'm going to eat your children. And then after the fight, he'd be like, yo, I'm sorry, Lennox, because I just trying to promote the fight, man. And I love that. I love Tyson. I'm all in on anything Tyson and I will see the movie. George, let me jump in quickly here. And I will say that here's the other thing. This is the thing that I'm most looking forward to to this. And this is like an old school sort of mindset. I really want to know what the soundtrack of this movie is like. Like, specifically because of Jamie Foxx as well. A great right. musician, right. you know, but the era and the time, the music was a big part of sort of every single thing in pop culture that Tyson was kind of around. Coming out to Public Enemy and all that, I am fascinated to see what the sort of application of this movie is in terms of how they do all the stuff to bring you back to that era of America. But yeah, that's that, that doesn't change how I feel about it, but I'll buy the soundtrack for sure. George, you in or out? You in or out on this? Clinton's out. Oh, I'm, I'm in. in. Yeah. I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. Listen, I've seen all the Tyson docs, right? I've watched all the stuff. I saw the Buster Douglas 30 for 30. Like, I've seen that all the stuff. That was good, by the way. Yeah. Very yeah. Good. Uh, but th have you ever seen the Tyson documentary? I believe it was Showtime who did it and like 10 years ago. It was really, really, really good. Um, hmm. And, and I, I just feel like he is um, such an interesting character in kind of sports and the mainstream. And, and look, he... he there were so many things that happened in his life, uh, both terrible and good, right? Like that there's, there's a lot to cover there. And I feel like if you're going to do that story, you need to tackle it with someone who has, first of all, the gravitas to pull it off from as an actor. So I'm in on Jamie as an actor. And right. someone like Martin Scorsese, who only has a laundry list of accolades that we can go about. So, But to your point, I do think the music – of that era, eight, late 80s, early 90s, I think that stuff is going to matter to kind of drive moments home in a film like this. There's also something to be said about this part, and I think this is, Kaplan, where our, our, our age difference, not being a lot, is it matters because when Tyson was big, I was a kid kid, and I remember how, like, being a fan of his as a child and then how everything went awry, it was, it was kind of painful. Like, it was really hard to look at Mike Tyson as sort of this guy that had, sort of fallen from grace because I was really into him. Like, even if I didn't like boxing that much. And now 
when I think about Tyson's stories and I think about like the cartoons he does and the funny commercials he has, like that's how I want my Tyson. I want Mike <laughs> happy and relaxing and doing fun stuff. And I'm yeah. I'm I'm, I'm sort of overplaying that, but I'm serious. Like no, that's a story it. that I don't necessarily know that I need to revisit. Although George, you're right. Jamie Foxx is the perfect person to be doing this. It's just for me, I want more Tyson, you know, in the in the backyard uh, drinking lemonade. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Like yeah. yelling at his friends. That's kind of where I am at. All I got to tell you, though, like I covered so many Tyson fights. I was there in Vegas. I was close to it at times. Um, this is going back into like the mid-90s. This is kind of after jail, by the way. And yeah. fights against guys like Peter McNeely, you know, who's just a tomato can, and uh, Frank Bruno. I mean, these are old school names in boxing. And I got a chance to kind of see all that. And I, and I felt like I understood the story of how Don King at the time was kind of misleading Ooh. Tyson's life off the rails. Who um, Don? And then... And then do you guys remember the movie The Great White Hype? Do you guys remember with yeah. Samuel L. Jackson? I saw that movie yeah. in the movie theater. Oh, man, yeah. what a movie, right? And, and I think it was Marlon Wayans who played what was supposed to be the Tyson kind of character. Yep. And, uh, and Peter Berg, who was supposed to play that Tommy Morris, Morrison kind of character, you know? Um, I love Tyson. I, I, his story, though, of the highs, then the lows, then the highs and the lows, and then how he survived and how he's be, how he's recreated himself, reinvented himself in so many ways. And now all coming back to more fighting, which is fascinating. You know, the, the rumor is Tyson and Evander Holyfield. Have you guys heard about this? No. Yeah. Yeah. That's the big rumor out there that Tyson has already said he's going to fight again. And the rumor is that they're going to find Evander Holyfield. I want to say this. Hey, Evander, don't do that. Right. Don't do that. Do not that belt, that belt cannot be sanctioned by anybody of any sort of reasonable repute. Let me ask you this though quickly: Who's who plays on King? Who plays on in this movie? Ooh, can we like, get that was the guy the that, that came to mind? Hold on, can we get the guy who played the fake kind of Don King in Rocky Five? <laughs> oh yeah, Duke, yeah. Duke, <laughs> Car was it Duke? His name was Duke something yeah, in the movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Right, because he was. Do you Tommy, remember who that is, Tommy Clinton? With good, the Tommy uh, no, Morrison I don't. One? But I don't. I, I do. Knew, I do remember who it is, but I don't know who that is. Yeah. If you get me a good Don King, George, I'm in. Right, you know? where he tells <laughs> he tells Balboa at the end when he fights the street fight with Tommy Morris, he's like, "Touch me and I'll sue." And then he right. hits him, and then Rocky he knocks him out. And he goes, "Sue me for what?" You know what I'm saying? Because he's on the, you know, he's got nothing anymore. <laughs> yeah, sell me on Don King, and I'm in on this. But that's that's a good cost. I see a future bit where you're Rocky and I'm Tyson. Oh God. Oh no, that could be good. No, 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 Greg, no, no, no. That stop really the fight. Good. Stop the fight. It could be really good. I'm telling you right now. Look at me, man. No, no, don't, don't, don't. It sounds terrible, actually. I didn't have any other bell. Yeah. Uh, all right, we're done here. We're, we're done here. Uh, Scott Kaplan, excellent work as always. Uh, thank you, George. Happy birthday, Clinton. Great job thank today you. and much love to everybody. Clinton Appreciate Yates, happiest of happy birthdays. Excellent work as always, my friend. I do my best. Again, I'm a man. I'm 40. Yes, sir. Uh, thank you to Laura. Uh, thank you to Curtis. Uh, and thank you to Greg as well. Great job by all of them. Uh, coming up next, it is Lakers Talk. Yes, Greg? Lakers Talk? All right. Lakers Talk with Playoff Sliwa. Stick around for that coming up in just a few minutes. We'll talk to you tomorrow at 3.55. Have a great night. See you.